Uh, I am so thrilled to have our guests here today, Greg and Robin Hubbard. They have been speaking all throughout New England and around the world for decades. And uh, I remember when I was actually a newly saved exiting drug addict showing up at camps and you stirring my soul and changing my life and impacting it. And my wife as well, she said she's gotten saved about 17 times under your ministry. But not only that, but, but Robin, his wife, is a very accomplished singer. And while he stirred my soul, you softened my heart. And you will never, ever know uh, the impact that you, you had on our lives. I just, I can't thank you enough. And just, we, I just went out this morning. I just wanted to bless you with some flowers, just to say thank you for just being who you are. We're so grateful for you. I hope they make it back to Pennsylvania. <laughs> But uh, I, I am just thrilled. We, we are excited. We're, our prayer is that uh, as their schedule permits that we might have them back again next year where we have a Friday morning and then, or a Sunday morning and then a Sunday evening service and maybe and have them speak into the staff. And, and, uh, but you are going to be deeply stirred and blessed here this morning by our guest speaker, Greg Hubbard and his wife, Robin. Could you welcome them here this morning for us? God bless you and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Wow, that is very touching. I, all in one swipe, he made me feel old and showed me up. I give my wife flowers. I really appreciate that. I'm kind of taken back. No, I'm only kidding you. What a, how humbled we are by that and very gracious. I'm not your pastor. It's kind of written the book on being kind. How many know what I'm talking about? And love your spirit, Pastor Paul. Thank you for letting us be here. And uh, we'd be honored to, to come back. And I've already enjoyed this first service and couldn't wait to be with you guys. Even in emails leading up to this weekend, your pastor always so gracious and so kind. And, and, um, and also Pastor Dylan, Pastor Caitlin that we met a week ago at an ice cream shop. Uh, we met Pastor Caitlin last week and I couldn't wait to be here. Last time we were here, it was 31 years ago. And um, man, the years have flown by, and uh, I have three new sermons since I last saw you guys. I'm excited about that. But you all look younger, look like you lost weight since I last saw you. Everyone looks amazing. And, uh, but what a joy to be with you on this, this great Father's Day. And uh, you guys do it upright, man. We drove in this morning and uh, saw the, the pig man that has been, you know, gave his life for the glory of God, whatever. That pig being you know, cooked outside, the smoke rising. The anointing of God miles around people see the smoke rising uh, from this church. Then the mechanical bull. And, um, you know, I know there will be a long line for that. We're selling Advil after church this morning. Uh, and uh, we're believing for a, a great, a great uh, uh, income for missions from our Advil sales today. And, uh, but just, just joy to be with you on Father's Day. And I congratulate every dad that's in this room. But what a joy to be here. And uh, we're going to go to God's Word in a moment. Uh, you have some fun ahead of you, so I'll be sensitive to time, I promise. Uh, Pastor Paul mentioned the second service. He likes to kind of wrap up like three-ish, but I'm not going to go that long. And uh, I'm actually going to end in about, about 25 minutes from this moment. And uh, he didn't say that three-ish, but, but I want you to be yourself. Can we do that? You know, sometimes you have company, whatever. Let's just all be yourself and it'll work wonderful, whatever. And uh, sometimes I do spit when I speak, and I apologize for that. And uh, if you're not yet water baptized, I will water water baptize you in the, in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and that if you do get hit, just take it if there's power in the shower. Come on, somebody say amen. And, uh, but, you know, 
I've been trying to stop spitting for 34 years. It doesn't really work or whatever. And uh, how many of us better when you're just yourself? It works better, doesn't it? And uh, so let's go to God's Word and open up your heart. And uh, it's Luke 15, familiar for many people. But say, God, give me fresh eyes to look at a familiar passage. Uh, Luke 15, going to stay right where we were in the first service. Uh, Luke 15, going to begin at verse number 25. And here's what the Word says on a beautiful Father's Day here and uh, in beautiful New England. And uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 25, it reads like this. We ready? We, we together? If you're here, someone shout amen. We together? Here we go. If you're Leviticus right now, you're just kind of lost, but you'll get there. Luke 15, 25, it says this. Meanwhile, the oldest son was in the field. When he came to the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and he asked him what was going on. Your brothers come home and replied, and your father's killed the fattened calf because he has them back safe and sound. The other brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who has squandered your property, when prostitutes comes back home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father, said, you're always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. It says he was lost, but he is now found. I mentioned earlier, I, I did not grow up in church. 17 years old, given my first Bible. And I remember being in a public high school in West Springfield, Massachusetts, Robin from Maine. And uh, you taping this morning, my mother-in-law is a wonderful woman. I like to, to cover things as I can. But uh, Robin's from Maine. And uh, this has something to do with the message, nothing whatsoever. But, but from Maine, so we're in New England. But I'm 17, first Bible. I, I got saved. My dad was a pro athlete many, many years ago. And, and uh, I got saved at 17. Jesus, like for many of you, changed my life. And I remember reading my Bible for the first time and, and uh, these great Bible stories, the classics. And, and I remember the first time ever reading uh, about Luke 15, the famous story of the prodigal son. And, and uh, just so basic. And uh, most folks, and there are folks that uh, never walked into a church that know about the story. But our focus for a couple moments is on the forgotten son of Luke 15. Because in doing so, looking at the forgotten son, it will give us fresh eyes about this wonderful, faithful father that is the star in Luke 15. Uh, now just sit back and just for a few moments and let me set this up before we get to the forgotten son. Most of us are well acquainted with the familiar son. Remember in your Bible, Luke 15, uh, when a young a man approaches the father and, uh, and says, Dad, I want my inheritance and I want it now. And the father with a broken heart gives his son the inheritance uh, back in those days, it wasn't a, a matter of writing a check, but it involved sheep, goat, cattle, land, whatever. And the son would take the, the money he would get from selling it cheaply and then go spend it on whatever. And also back in those days when a son would say to his father, Dad, I, 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 I just, I'm leaving. I want my inheritance. Uh, what his son was saying was, Dad, I no longer want to be your son. Uh, I, I don't want you to be my father. I, I, I'm not your son. I sever ties with you. So imagine on Father's Day, and imagine the brokenness of a father in the room that wishes a son would pick up the phone or whatever. But back in those days, what that son did broke the heart of his earthly father. 
And so he, we know the story. He takes the money. He goes off and lives a wicked life. He loses everything. Can I just stop there for a second? Even on Father's Day, listen, sin will destroy everything good God has for your life. The devil could care less whether you, uh, who you are or, uh, or, or your family, but sin always leaves us with nothing. And so there he is. He loses it all. And now he's on a farm. Luke 15 tells us he was wanting to slop they fed the pigs. But then he came to his senses. He says, what am I doing? Uh, this is what we all know, the part we all know. He, I'm going to go back home. He repents. He walks home. His father sees him. His father runs to his son. I always have loved that. I'm a sentimental guy. I grew up with Lassie. Somebody said thank God for Lassie right now. Come on. How many remember Lassie? Let me see your hand. Oh, uh, man, don't you feel older than dirt right now? And, uh, but remember when Timmy, remember Lassie, the, the pop member? Remember that? And the Paul would go up, whatever. I, I grew up with the Waltons. I'm not really, or, or Little House in the Prairie. How many remember that one? Man, I've wept at more episodes of that half pine fall, skins or knee. I need counseling for a year. I'm a sentimental guy. And so when I read this, I was a basket case. The father sees his son from a distance. Imagine, he's on the edge of a, of a busy village. And the father looks different. He smells horrible. He lost everything. And the village could not stand him. Because the village knew that that son had publicly humiliated his father. They never wanted that boy back in the village. But the father ran to his son, and when he got to him, he embraced his son. And, and the son repented, and the father poured grace and love on him and because he's a, a good, good father. And, and gave him sandals and a ring and, and, uh, and a robe. And, and then went back home, and not a pig, but the kill of the fatted calf and had a big old barbecue. They brought a music group. They were singing. They were dancing. It was a time of great celebration. Aren't you glad that the father never gives up on anybody, church? Imagine this, the first son who was in our focus, he represents people who both left the father and left the farm. He left the father and left the farm. But now he's back and restored all because of the grace of God. Some in the room right now say, Greg, that was me. I, I, I walked away from God. And I, when I say farm, I'm talking church life. I'm talking this. Is, uh, I'm talking life and uh, pig roasts and Bible studies and fellowship, whatever. Uh, when I say the farm, I'm talking the life of the body of Christ. He left the Father and left the farm. But now because of God's grace, he's back on the farm. But more importantly, he's back in the presence of his Father. That's what God does. While we feel like we've blown it and of no hope, God comes running in our direction. Our focus, however, is on the second son. If the first son represents people who left the father and left the farm but now are backed by God's grace, the second son represents people. Because remember in our text, the party had begun. The sons at work in the fields. It says, meanwhile, the oldest son in the field he heard that music when he came to the house. And the oldest son asked a hired servant, what's going on in my father's house? Very sad verse. The son asked the hired servant, what's going on in my daddy's house? My friend, before we jump in, the second son represents people who no longer walk with the father, but they're still hanging out on the farm. 
There are numbers of people this morning across America who are inside great churches like this, who are on the farm but no longer walk with the Father. It's epidemic in the day that we live in. Matter of fact, Billy Graham said years ago, that they will come that one of the most important mission fields that must be reached will be inside the churches of America. It's happening right now. Well, there are masses of people who are on the farm but have no intimate walk with the Father. Now, you say, Greg, wait a minute. Uh, Greg, this morning, is this kind of like a, a wag your finger and a skull, people? Listen, this has never ever won one soul to Jesus. But this can win nations of Christ. This morning isn't about beating people up and telling people how bad they are. It's about telling people how good God is. That God never, never, never will turn his back on you. He's faithful. And so imagine uh, this, this son that, that left the, the, the father but still on the farm. And uh, imagine he hears all the music and he asks the what's happening. And his servant says, haven't you? Man, your brother's back. He's back. Your dad killed the cow. Bless you the cow. Kill the cow. And uh, there's, a, there's a barbecue, there's music, and he heard the dancing and the singing. And when the son heard about his brother coming back, we see what happens to a person who stays on the farm but doesn't really walk with the father. Now, can I say this? I'm here just for one morning. I want to keep every friend I can keep. But if you stay on the farm but you're not really walking with God, some things are going to begin to happen in your life and in your spirit. It's progressive. And you'll see it in the life of the older son. And the first thing that happened was this. When he heard the news about his younger brother, verse 25 says, the older brother became angry. Some of the most mean, some of the most angry people you're ever going to meet on the face of the earth are not those outside of our churches who have never walked with Jesus. But some of the meanest, most angry people you're ever going to meet are those on the farm every week but who no longer walk with the Father. What once blessed them infuriates them. What once thrilled them now annoys them. What once caused a hallelujah and now causes absolute anger. Imagine, he hears the message, your brother's back. His first reaction he became absolutely furious. You know, I remember a church I mentioned there this morning. I've heard about people like this, but I actually met her. Sunday night service in a church. I forget where it was. I'm glad I can't remember. But I walked in church that Sunday, walked down the aisle, and I made a huge mistake before that service. I stopped to ask a woman sitting on the aisle how she was doing. That was my mistake. Because I just walked by, just easy going, whatever. And uh, I just said, hey, ma'am, how are you? She said, not good. Not good. And I'm thinking, well, you know what? Now I don't think I'm doing that good either. It was so emphatic. It was so bizarre. It was so like off, off you know, over the edge. With a, I, my, I made a second mistake. I said, ma'am, because you don't ask why, your dog meat. Someone said, how you doing? I'm doing terrible. You got to ask. Is there something I can help? I said, ma'am, is, uh, is there something I can, uh, uh, what's the problem? That was my second mistake. She said, I'll tell you my problem. I'll tell you. And I said, I have a feeling you're going to tell me. Whether I want to hear it or not, you're going to tell me. She says, I am hot. She said, I'm the oldest charter member of my church. And everybody knows it. 
everybody knows in my church where I sit. She said this morning, for the fourth Sunday in a row, I came to church. The ushers know. The ushers know. The ushers know. I'm thinking the ushers do know. Everyone knows. She said the fourth Sunday, somebody was, I never saw these people, somebody was sitting in my seat for the fourth Sunday. She said, I'm hot. I don't like it. And she's that's why I'm in church. She was there like an hour before church. She said, that's why I came tonight. Because I, no one's getting my seat tonight. What do you do with that? I really, what do you do? And I, I didn't know what to do. So I said this. I'm going to pray for you. I'll pray for you. And I prayed for Oh, I prayed for And when I tell you what I prayed, it might be 31 years before I ever come back inside your church. I said, man, I'm so sorry, and, and, but I'll pray, and I walked on. Here was my prayer. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray until you come back at the rapture, may she never get that seat ever, ever again. <laughs> never again. Father, I pray that somebody put a single mother who's overwhelmed by life Put a crack addict, put a drunk, put a teenager in that chair that feels, I got no future. Would anyone sit in her chair, may they be set free by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. But may she, may she never get that seat ever, ever again. She said, Greg, you're scaring me. I, I'm telling you, she scared me. People who are in our churches who no longer have an intimate walk with the Father, but try to put on a front on the farm. It's only a matter of time. We get cranky and we get irritable and we get angry at all the wrong things. Some of our churches are even held hostage by people with the spirit of the elder brother. There are some of our churches who are held hostage by that spirit because it's all about them. But we're on the farm and it's not about him. And, and uh, so the first thing he did was he got angry. He, went, he threw an absolute fit. I, I want to challenge somebody. Don't let the devil take away your joy. Let God bring you back to your first love. Don't be angry. Don't be so critical. Don't be someone that looks like somebody ran over their dog. Say, God, I want joy. I want joy that flows like a river in my life. So number one, this, it doesn't matter who we, we If we stay on the farm. But don't walk with the Father every day. Honey, am I yelling too much this morning? Everything okay? Okay. Here's the deal. When you stay on the farm but don't walk with the Father, it's only a matter of time. You're going to become an angry, angry, angry person. And until we come to God with his grace and for his mercy and allow God to work a miracle of restoration, it gets even worse. Because he didn't just become angry, but the same verse in verse 25 tells us he became angry, but then it says he refused to go in the house. And now it's getting uglier. Because back in those days when a, fa a family for a big shindig like, like this, it would always be the office of the older son to serve as master ceremonies. You know what that son should have done? When he was out, when he was out in the fields and working in the fields and heard about the music and the hurt was his brother, he should jump in the nearest creek of water. Get a towel, some shampoo, pert, green bottle, a little pert, because you can condition and shampoo at the same time. They're, it's an amazing invention that can redeem the. But he should have jumped in the creek and take, taken the shampoo, put on some Old Spice cologne. My dad used to wear it, whatever. And uh, he, he should have run in the house 
wrap his arm around his brother and begin to serve as the host. He should have gone in and said, brother, yeah, yeah, I was mad at you, but I, I, I receive you. I forgive you. He should have been the one that walked over to others and said, I want to reintroduce my brother. He'd been gone for a while, but he's back. He should have been the one that when others came in and were whispering, that, that, that he just silenced whispers. And he should have been the host and the master ceremonies, but he refused to go in the house. And by not going in, he did what the younger son did. Well, the youngest son sold his daddy's inheritance in the public market to get the money. He publicly humiliated his father. When the oldest son didn't go in the house, he publicly dishonored his father. He said, I don't care about protocol. I, I, I don't care who. I'm not going in the house. Here's what's amazing. The son gets angry. This is what happens. People who stay on the farm but don't have a walk with God. Doesn't matter who you are, you might have a key in every closet in the church. I'm telling you, without, without a steady walk with Christ, you can have every, a key to every closet, have a title and badges, but sooner or later you're going to get angry. You're going to get critical. You're going to get angry. And, and uh, things that once blessed you will now irritate you. And, uh, and then it, we just flat out refuse. But then it says, so this father went out and pleaded with him. That's the God we serve this morning, man. Because sometimes God runs and sometimes God reaches. For the prodigal that ran away, God went after him. But the son that stayed, he reached out to his son. It says he went out and he pleaded. And I imagine in the house when the father got the message, your son is out in the front and having a, having a fit, having a, a, a temper tantrum or whatever. Imagine the, the people, the, when the father said, well, I've got to go to home. Now, I picture people saying, sir, you can't leave now. Listen, I picture that father fighting through things to get out that door. The same father that ran down that road for his younger son when people laughed at him. And people thought he's an old fool. But he said, that's my young son. He made some wrong choices. I'm going to get my boy. That's the same father that said, let me out of the house. My oldest son is in trouble. He goes outside and he pleads. Which gives me the inference. He didn't walk outside and go, son, what are you doing? We have the Conways over. What are you doing? We got Pastor Paul, and you're, you're, you're embarrassing your mother. You're embarrassing your mother. You get, he went out and he pleaded. There was volume. There was passion. He pleaded with his son. This morning, a church across America, God by his spirit is pleading with people to come out from the fields and the hiding places and come back in the, at the foot of the cross. God isn't just, hey, you know, it used to be the time, whether America or in Africa, we leave for Romania in a week or so. In our overseas crusades, I don't invite people to come to Christ. I beg people, man. No, I mean, I plead with people because there's eternity at stake. And so this morning, God is pleading with people. This is, and I read the church growth books, and I get it, whatever, you know, whatever. But, but listen, people are dying and going to hell, man. And, and God is drawing people by his spirit. He went out, and he his boy was in trouble. If you're on the farm, no disrespect. If you're on the farm, you, you may, may, you people might hear your name and go, well, they're, they're, listen, if we do not have a walk with the Father, he's coming after you this morning in this house. And here's what happened. When he pleaded and he went out of the house, 
Imagine this. His son said some things to him. And the first thing his son said to his daddy, in verse number 20, 29 it is, but he entered his father. He said to his daddy, hey, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Number one, when somebody stays on the farm but doesn't walk with the father, it's only a matter of time we no longer know who the father is. We can be in his presence and in his shadows or hear his voice, but not know who he is. When that son said, Dad, I'm enslaving for you, he might as well said, Dad, I don't get any of this. Sometimes I'm sure not here, but you, there's some that are on the farm a lot. We met them in our travels and uh, that they're angry, critical people. Nobody helps me and uh, the church is lazy and whatever and they're mad at everybody, whatever, and, uh, and I'm just working, whatever. That's not who we're supposed to be. We are privileged to serve God. What a joy to serve the Lord. We're not slaves this morning. Are you kidding me? We just got back from Africa. Folks still say to us, oh, Greg and Rob, we feel so bad for you that you have to travel. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't trade this for anything. If the Red Sox, and I'm New Englander, if the Red Sox called me up today, said, Greg, listen, we need a closer. We need, we need some help in the bullpen. How many are with me on that? Come on, someone shout them in. Come on. We need, we need some help. Uh, Greg, we, we, need, we want to sign you. I'd say absolutely okay, one year, and then I'm going to go back to the ministry. Just, just being real with you. No, 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 no. I wouldn't trade serving God for the best the devil could serve my way. You and I are honored to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. This isn't about, man, it's just, oh, man, we're serving, we're working, whatever. No, no, no. We are friends of Almighty God. Remember the song I wrote years ago, I am a friend of God? I didn't write that song. I should have. Aren't you glad you're a friend of God this morning? Come on. Remember the song I wrote many years ago, what a friend we have in Jesus? I've written many of the classics. Aren't you grateful that you are a friend of Almighty God? So when he said, man, I'm dead, I'm, I'm slaving, he's saying, I don't even know who you are. Because when you know the grace of God, everything changes. The second thing he said was, hey, Dad, not just I don't know who you are, but where's the goat for me and my friends? You, you never have given me even a young goat. He didn't say, hey, Dad. Hey, Dad, where's the goat for me and for you and for Mom and for little brother and the family, maybe some close friends? He said, Dad, you never gave me a goat for me and my friends. You show me anybody that stays on the farm, visits the farm two, three times a week maybe, who visits the farm but doesn't have a real walk with the Father, not only will you not know who God is, but you begin to draw your fellowship outside the circle of the body of Christ. And bad company corrupts good character. He's saying, I got my friends. I, I've got my people. Where, where's, the, where's the goat from me and my, 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 my crew? Where's the, the goat from me and my people? Worth a goat. I've got my friends. I got be, be careful who you're warming yourself with by the fire like Peter did. And so he said, Greg, is that important? What he's saying is, is that I don't know who you are, but these people mean nothing to me. Fellowship means nothing to me. So there's a progression. And you said, Greg, is fellowship important? Yes. This morning, the, the pig roast. Uh, you would never say this, but, but, but if someone were to think, well, you know, is a pig roast a big deal? Yes, it is. It actually is. It isn't about a pig roast. When folks say in churches, well, you know, nowadays the churches and, uh, you know, they got the coffee shop and the donuts, whatever. It's coffee. It's not a big deal. It is a big deal. It's never been about the coffee and donuts. 
but about being together as a family of God. We need each other, man. We are brothers and we're sisters. And the devil tries to pull us apart. The, the, the church and fellowship, oh, I got my people, I, I get that. But as a follower of Jesus, friends, we are members of the family of God. And we need one another. Somebody shout a big amen. He said, Dad, I don't know who you are. These people mean nothing to me. And then he says this, I'm almost done. He says, by the way, Dad, it's scripture. When this son of yours... When the son of yours comes home, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, he comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. He didn't say, you know what, Dad? I'm ticked off. Because when my brother came back, he didn't say that. He didn't say, you know what, Dad? Well, my little brother Kevin came back. No, he said, when this son of yours, he got to a place. Father, I don't know who you are. These people mean nothing to me. And now I don't even call my family my family. And fathers and mothers, they you know what blesses most moms and dads? When they see their children genuinely love each other. When my mom passed and went to be, go to heaven about four, four years ago, you actually knew my mother. My name is Greg Hubbard. My mother is old Mother Hubbard. Thank you so much. By the way, when I get to heaven, I want your voice. That voice, that deep, raspy voice. My, I felt like God was calling me or something. I heard him speak or whatever. And uh, I just felt chills on my left, my, my, my right shoulder blade, whatever. But my mother's old mother Hubbard. That's my mother. One lady, one church, I mentioned that as a little hee-haw, whatever. And I got rebuked after church. A lady rebuked me, which is always a joy. And she said, hi, hi thank you for the message, but I got something to say. Well, she said, I rebuke you. I'm okay. Okay, and what am I being rebuked for? And she says, you, you dishonored your mother, and she didn't understand. My mother loved being called Old Mother Hubbard. And not long before my mom left this world to go to be with Jesus, she was sick with cancer and dementia, just so many different things, and was out of it at the end. But one night she woke up out of everything and told my younger brother in West Springfield, called all the kids, i got to talk to every one of them right now. The phone rang at a weird hour in the morning. You get those phone calls, just usually not good news. Phone rings at 2 a.m. It usually isn't, hey, great. It's usually, it was my mom. Her voice clear as a bell. Clear as a bell. No confusion. Greg, I wanted to tell you that, that, that stay in love with Robin and keep, what a great wife God has given to you. And my mother-in-law is a wonderful woman. She didn't say that, but I thought I'd throw it in there. It seemed like I just fit it. Is that okay I did that? But she said, your wife, and you keep loving Robin. And, and then she said, for Barry, Bobby, and Nancy, and my brothers and my sister, she, she said, always stay in love and just be close to them. Stay close together. I just went fishing with Barry. I'll see Bobby's play golf with them soon. What blesses a mom and dad is when they see their children genuinely love each other. But Satan is out to fracture your family. He's out to bring you to a place that you dread a Father's Day, man. You dread Christmas, Thanksgiving is a dread because it means sitting around the table with people that you feel disconnected with. That's what the devil wants. Don't let the devil rip apart your family. Some things are worth fighting for, amen. Let God work a miracle in your family, your marriage, or whatever it may be. But the son says, Dad, I don't know you. These people mean nothing to me. And then he says, in essence, this guy, he may be your son. But I don't even call him my brother. On the front lawn, imagine, revival is in the house when rebellion is being, being manifested on the front lawn. Revival in the house, but the spirit of the elder brother manifests on the front lawn. 
on the, inside the house, a kid that left the father and left the farm. He's not back in the farm, but back with the father, all because of God's grace. And the boy that never left the farm, he's the boy. Remember the people drive by the house and go, there's a sharp young man. His brother's a jerk and his brother's a waste. But, but they look at their daughters and go, he'd be a nice match for you. Look at him. He never left. The, listen, be careful. Because man sees the outward appearance, but God sees the heart. What we see isn't always what we see. And so they're on the front lawn. He's sharing these things, and it's awful. He's vomiting poison upon his father. And at the end, well, who would have blamed blamed that father? If what his son finished, saying those terrible, vile things, who would have blamed that father? If he took his hand and cracked that kid across the face and said, get your stuff and get out of here. Get your stuff and get out of here. You want to pull this? Not today. Not today. Not today. Not today. That, that mechanical bull's going to jerk you more than I'm jerking my head around, so I'm just trying to get you ready. Who would have blamed that father if he said, you know what, son? You're not going to do this to your mother today. Your mom's heart's been broken for months. Your mother's back was so full of joy. Listen, if this, this isn't our call, it's your call. You're a big boy now. You're a big boy. Hey, son, you want to pull this? Get your stuff. Get the camel out of stall number seven. Look at, take the keys to the camel. Look at, you get out. If you want to pull a stump like this, get your stuff and get out of here. Who would have blamed that father if he gave him a kick in the pants on the way out and a slap across the, who would have blamed that father if he went off on his son? But that's not what he did. Because the same father, the same father that ran down that road and said, my younger boy, he got involved in a bad crowd. He, he just, he, he made some terrible mistakes and he, bro- he broke our hearts and I know we let down a lot of people, but my boy's coming home. I'm going to get my boy. I'm going to go get my boy before some religious people get him. The same dad that ran down that street to get his son. The same father that looked at his son outside the house. And the first words he said after all those terrible things, his first words were my son. As the team comes and Sister Keyboard, thank you for being here for both services. And listen careful. As that father, his first words Everybody say, my son, my son, endearing words, my son, my son, my son, my son, my son. It's, it's just, how would he do this? Because that's who the father is. Never mind the forgotten son. He's the forgotten father of Luke 15. He's not just the father who runs. He is the father who reaches when everything says, push away, push away, he says, come on, you're my boy. You're my son. You're my son. But he didn't compromise. We're almost done. Are you still with me? Someone say yes. Don't even, don't even touch your car keys. Don't even go near your car keys. You touch your car keys, lightning will shoot out of heaven over your chair. It will drag you back, bury you, and come back in and finish the service. One guy just said, here, honey, you're driving home. Just, just. My son, my son, don't, don't do this. My boy, he said, everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. But he didn't cave in. He said, what we did today was right. Your brother was dead, but he's back. He's back. 
he was lost and he's found. Son, what we did today is right. Listen, we have no evidence at all in Scripture that the eldest son ever made it back inside the house. Amazing, the power of God's grace. The one that left the father, he left the farm. He's back in the house, back at the table, all because we serve a good, good father, a God that never gives up on us. Amen. But now the oldest son that never left the farm, he never left, never missed a service. But something was wrong. He just, we're left like a movie that ends, like a, to be continued or, or just ends. And we have no idea if he ever made it back inside the house. And my question to this, and we'll end with this in prayer in a minute, but how did he get like that? How does somebody get like that? What happened to that young man? Same house, same farm, same father, same love, same mercy. What happened? That's what sin does. And what we see in Luke chapter 15, the, the reason, we don't know when, we don't know how, how long it took, but we know this, the older brother somewhere lost his stuff. He lost his stuff. Well, Greg, what do you mean he lost his stuff? What does it mean to be a believer and lose your stuff? Now, remember, I love you and you love me. Somebody say amen. So don't, you don't, don't get up and walk out. I'm not looking to be like in your face or whatever, but can I give it to you just kind of the way it is? If you're in the room this morning and you don't even know where your Bible is, you probably have lost your stuff. If you're in the room this morning and haven't read your Bible in six to seven days, you probably have lost your stuff. If you're in the room this morning, and I mean, you might have had great experiences in, in, in Pentecostal and but haven't wept over soul, you probably have lost your stuff. If you're in the room this morning, Francis Schaeffer wrote, he said, he said, you say that you're spiritual. He said, let me live in your home with you and watch you for three days, and then I'll tell you how majestic you are in God. If our prayer life, if it were to be known, is an embarrassment, we probably have lost our stuff. And that's when the devil comes in and says, see, you're nothing. You're a failure. You've got nothing. You've got no future. You'll never make it. You're a phony. You're a hypocrite. But if you listen, that's the distance you hear. The footsteps of a faithful father that says, yeah, but I'm the God that will run to you. And I'm the God that will reach to you and bring you back to your first love. I'm done with this, and we're going to pray. I, I love my dad. I miss my dad. My dad was six foot six and a half basketball player back in the days. He played for who now was the Atlanta Hawks many, many years ago. My dad was a gentle giant. My dad would always laugh like this. Ha, 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 ha. Kind of weird, I know, but when you're almost six foot seven, you can laugh any way you want to laugh, can't you? What a dad. Perfect dad. No, great dad. Whoosh, you better believe it better believe it, man. Of course, Little League Baseball, and I remember, I remember, man, you don't, you remember moments, man. I remember I was a bat boy for the Little League 9-10 team. I'm like five years old, and 
in those days, the bat boy could play the last two, two innings of any game. And I remember, I'm going to give you too much information in a second, but I got caught between second and third in a rundown. Anybody understand baseball? Give me a wave right now. Come on. And I got caught between second and third. I'm six years old, whatever, whatever. And I got a little, little nervous, and I lost my bladder control and wet my pants between second and third base. I'll never forget when my water broke that day in that field. Never forget that. I'll never forget it. I didn't tell the first service this because I didn't think I could handle it at that hour, but I got tagged out and I was absolutely embarrassed. My uniform was soaked. I ran over my dad I was coaching at third base. He saw the situation. And my dad got down really low and he said, son, look at me, square in the eye, look at me. He said, it's really hot out here, son, isn't it? It's pretty hot out here, huh? Hey, son, why don't you run over to the water fountain over there and splash yourself and cool yourself down and give me a wink? I ran over and took a bath by that water fountain after my dad said that. And the kids never knew what happened between second and third base on my team on the bench across the field. My dad never, never missed a high school basketball game. He always wore like a bright red bright red, sure enough, there's no bright red shirts anywhere in the room, figures, right? But a bright, man, way to go. I see that hand, ma'am. I see that hand, worshiping God in the back. And he wore a bright red sweater to every basketball game. I think I still, in Massachusetts, have the state record for most missed layups in a high school career. I think that might still be me. Miss, missed layups. He wore that red, and I remember, man, just as a kid, and my dad always was there, and by the way, wonder we're lost, and and then in Bible school, even when I got saved, my dad was, wasn't a believer. My unsaved dad looked at me and said, son, I don't understand all that you're doing. And I, I was a tennis player, and he thought maybe I would go that route. And he said, but if you feel called to go into ministry, we're going to support you. My unsaved dad said that to me. He got saved about two weeks later on the, uh, at Valley Forge Christian College, my dad, in Valley Forge, PA. My mom and my dad accepted Jesus. And, and I just remember my dad never, and then, Years go by, and my dad retired had some heart issues. I'm going to end with this, I promise you. Uh, heart issues, and had retired a little bit early, and we were now in ministry in Aguam, a youth pastor in Aguam about 437 years ago. Back when I used to wear my pants, all, so many people come up and say, remember the youth camp days? Do you still do youth camps? No, because you get over 50, and you keep, you keep pulling your pants up higher. You can't go to youth camps. You keep pulling up your pants. How many know what I'm talking about? You ever see young people nowadays and they wear their pants wrapped around their kneecap and they walk like this? How many know what I'm talking about? And you're thinking, well, this isn't that disgusting. Look, that, I don't want to sit. But you know what? Oh, the over 50 crowd, we hike them up higher. Next time you see me, my belt buckle might be wrapped around my Adam's apple. It gets higher, 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 whatever. That's got nothing to do with the closing of this message. We're now in ministry, and I would, my dad and mom attended the church in Bethany and Agawam, but my business got less and less. We were busy, and one day I stopped by the house to see my dad and get a glass of tea. It was early in the morning, and I jumped in. My dad was alone in the house, and son, good to see you. Ha, 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 ha. I got, grabbed a quick thing of iced tea and ran to get the sports page, and my dad said, son, let's just sit out just talk a bit. And I said, Dad, I loved it, but I can't. I got a big day, big day today. And, you know, I got a bit, whatever. And no, 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 son, just a few minutes. Come on, just have a cup of tea with your old dad. I said, Dad, I, I loved it, but I got a lot going on today. And I'm in the living room reading the sports page, seeing how the Celts did that night or whatever. And, and whatever. And it just kind of hit me. What am I doing? That's my dad. He 
give me airplane rides as kids, coaching Little League, always there. I mean, my dad, I, I, I mean, just, I wish I could have met him. When I was young, he was old, now he's older, he needed me, but I was too dizzy. I walked back in the kitchen, he now was looking out the, 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 the window, out in the, in the backyard, we had a basketball court, and grew up in the fun in our yard, they wanted us to have fun in our yard. And I walked in, I said, Dad, would you forgive me? What am I thinking? I said, I burst in the house, haven't seen you in a few weeks. We, you know, I just give him a little nod Sunday morning from the platform, a little nod, you know, and, and, uh, and I've been too busy, and I'm so sorry. I bust in here like this, and I, I, I don't have the time to sit with my dad for a cup of tea. Dad, I, dad, I am so sorry. And my dad did something, I only up to then saw him do a few times. My dad began to weep. And I mean, he began to weep. He went over to the refrigerator door and he opened it and he just draped, close to six, seven, he draped himself over the refrigerator door and my dad was sobbing. And I'm thinking, this is different, Dad. Is, is something wrong with your heart? Nancy, had, my sister battled some cancer she's, years ago. And Dad, what is the, and my dad picked himself up off that fridge and looked at me and he said, he said, son, he says, I'm okay. He said, forgive me, I'm just caught up with emotion. He said, I'm just overwhelmed this morning how much I love my boy. And he pointed right at me. He said, boy, the memories we have in that yard together. The memories we have out on that basketball court together. He began to go through some things and how proud he was of me, how much he loved Robin and her life and her ministry. And he just kept saying things and memories and that I'll never forget. But then he took his hands. His hands were huge like big meat hooks. And he grabbed me by shoulders, firm but gentle. And he said, son, but don't you ever, ever forget this. No matter how the year, we love to see him more. We love, no matter how the years go on and however long God gives us, he says, no matter what, if the years go on, he says, I'm always going to be your dad. And you're always going to be my boy. Can I tell you something? I'd wished in that moment he gave me a, my dad was never like that. He gave me a, a, a smack in my backside or, or said, son, what are you doing? You're not visiting your mom. But when I least expected it, my earthly dad dumped buckets of love all over me that still move me to this moment. Why do I tell you that? Because there's somebody breathing in the room today. You've been on the farm, but you're not walking with the Father. You're on the farm, but you're far from God. And the devil is attacking you and lying to you. But God's saying to you, I'm just waiting for you. I'm just waiting for you. There's somebody, whether you respond or not, there's somebody breathing in this room right now. And God's ready to dump buckets of love and mercy and grace all over you. Let's stand together. You've been so kind. My goodness, I kept you way too long. Would you stand for a moment? Would you do that? Would you lift a hand up? Could we just sing that chorus, that song through? Lift a hand up, would you? From the front to the back. We're done in moments, I promise. Just lift a hand. Let's just sing this. We'll close in a second, I promise you. Lead us with this, guys. Thank you for your grace today, Lord. Thank you for your mercy today, Lord. Thank you for your mercy today, God. Sing it. Do you know what? Sing it. Jesus. 
She thanks you for your touch today, Lord. Come on, somebody sing it. Let's worship God together. Come on. Here we go. Jesus. Come on, sing it out to the Lord. Jesus. Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Just one more time, man. One more time. You're the Sing it to the Lord. Just reach out to the Lord. Just reach out to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. He's here. He's here. He's here. Just the keys. Lift up both hands right now. And say, God, I thank you that you're here right now. Come on. So God, I thank you. I, I acknowledge you're here. You're in this house. So just the keys for a moment. Just the keys. Just the keys playing a pad for us. Just the keys. Keyboard. I'm going to ask you to rest your arm by your side and by your head all over this room. I've kept you probably too long. It's kind of your fault because you're just fun to be with. But in a moment, I'm going to count to the number three. I'm going to count just once. In the Olympics, before any great races on your markets, get set, go. It's one, two, three, go. Every journey begins with one step. There's somebody breathing in the room this morning and God's saying to you, I want you back. I want you back. I want you back. Don't you let some demon lie to you right now. His love flows like a hot river all over this room this morning from the front to the back. But it's going to be your call. God made his choice. The moment I say three, I'm going to put it all into one basket from the front to the back. And say, recommend. Maybe you've never, ever given your heart to Jesus. And if that's you, my, my goodness, just, just get saved right now. Just say, Lord, forgive my sin. Come into my heart. I want to follow you. And if you're praying that prayer for the first time, let somebody know before you, before you take the first bite out of your sandwich, let someone know that today for the first, I'm not talking being Catholic or Protestant or gluten-free. I'm talking about being a follower of Jesus Christ. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, you can do that right now. He will save your soul. If you believe God will save somebody, would you give the Lord a big old hand clap right now for those that may ask If you're praying that prayer, you let us know. But I'm going to count to three from the front to the back. I want every man, woman, boy, and girl in this room that says, Greg, I'm on the farm. I've known the Father. I've been on the farm. But something's gone wrong, man. Something isn't right. I've drifted. I, I'm here, but I, I'm on the farm, but I'm not with the Father. I'm in the right place at the right time, the right people, but with the wrong spirit. Greg, something's happened. It's... It's, it's, I've, I've drifted, I've strayed, I'm, I'm, I'm not where I know I want to be and where I need to be. Listen, it's, it's late, I'm, gonna just, I'm not going to give a second call, there will not be, well, I think there are more. There's not going to be, let me do it one more time. The moment I say three, from the front to the back, I want every person breathing in the room that says, Greg, God is speaking to me now, he wants me back. 
He wants me back. I've drifted. I'm not walking with the Father like I once was or like I want to be and need to be. If that's you, if you know that you're not right with God, Greg, I've drifted. I've once walked with Christ. I've walked with, but now something. If that's you, when I say three, I want you to give the devil a heart attack. And I want you to raise your hand high the moment I say three. And by the lifting of your hand, you say, Greg, on this Father's Day, I, I, I want to hearken, I want to respond to the call of my Heavenly Father. I want back into His arms. I want back into my first, I want back His grace, His love, His mercy. I don't want to drift anymore. If that's you, the moment I say three, you raise your hand up. And by lifting your hand, you're saying, Lord, today, I want to come back. I want to know your presence. I want to return to my first love. On the count of three, you raise your hand if that's you. Here we go. One. Holy Spirit, move all over this room right now. Holy Spirit, do in a second what we cannot do in a thousand years. Two. Make it real. Rescue somebody. Rescue somebody. Rescue somebody. Three. Lift it rocket. See it. Say, Greg, it's me. You're talking to me. I want every single person, not, not some, not half, not a few of you, I want everyone that raised their hand to quickly leave your seat and come meet me right in the front, right over here in the front. I want you to come quickly. Come on. I want every single one that just raised your hand up. That's it. I want you to come. Just come right up front here. I'm not going to spin until I see you next year. I want, let's clap while they come. Come on. Because there's more. Come on. Come on. If you're raised to come, if you're raised to come, come on. There's more. Don't you let some devil lie to you. Come on. The Lord is in. Come on, keep on clapping. Keep on clapping. Come on, somebody clap your hands. Because the Lord is in this house. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. But here's the deal. It's late. If you already know somebody at the altar, if you know somebody... If their family, I'd already be jumping over tears to get to somebody. If you have a loved one at the altar or a friend or someone you know, just quickly, just quickly come and get with them right now behind them. Don't don't distract. Don't talk. Just come give them a tap on the shoulder. And that's it, man. What a church. Look at this. That's right. Uh, you come find somebody and uh, put a hand on their back and let them know they're not alone. And and, uh, and, and you're, if you're an altar worker, board member, deacon, elder, and you want to come, my word, uh, just give them a tap on the back and let them know. To back, everyone back in their chairs, can we give them a big old hand clap for their courage right now? Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for your grace this morning, Lord. Now here's what we're going to do. We're going to lead you in a prayer. You are seconds away from never being the same again. The devil's a liar, the father of them. Jesus Christ is going to put you back together again. He's not just going to wash away sin, but shame and guilt will be gone in the name of Jesus. You're going to giggle eating your pork sandwich today with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You're going to laugh and go to bed with a clear conscience tonight and able to sing the song, the old song that says, It is well with my soul. Because today you've responded to the love of the Father. You've done this morning what the oldest son didn't do in Luke 15. You've come back to the Father. Can we lift a hand up at least one as an act of surrender? Pray this prayer. You that came forward. I want you to pray this out loud after me. Don't just repeat it. Believe it with all your heart. But I want those back in your seats from the front to the back. 
let's all as an act of surrender we're lifting a hand or two up but let's pray this in faith right now because the love of God is moving strong at this altar pray this out loud here we go dear Jesus I'm asking you right now to do what no one else can do to forgive all my sin to come into my heart and change my life I thank you for the cross you died for me. You shed your blood for me. You rose up from the dead. And you're alive forever. On this Sunday morning, I make my choice. And I choose you. I want to come back home. I don't want to run anymore. But I want to walk by your side. So I give you more than my sin. I give you myself. You are now my God. I am now your child. And heaven will be my home. Help me to never go back. To never look back. But to walk by your side. Thank you for not giving up on me. You are a good, good father. And I give you thanks and praise. I will never be the same again. All because of your love. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Now somebody shout to the Lord right now. Somebody shout to the Lord right now. He's here. Just that little path. You're playing so beautiful. Lift a hand up on and pray a prayer over you right now. Stay right where you are. Fathers, this great worship team, thank you for their anointing and their giftedness. And God, as they prepare to go back in that song, and some are going to rush out for a great fun afternoon and bless the fellowship, bless God, the, the eating, the fun, and the mechanical bull. God, I pray there be joy in the lives of men who fly off that bull. I pray for peace and joy and laughter among everybody in this house. We thank you today for the good, good Father that you are. I pray peace and blessing. Let this not be the end, but the beginning of our remaining and walking with you, our first love. God, do a new thing in the life of everyone that's in this house. That those that came up front, Lord, may they now continue back in the word, back in prayer, loving you, seeking you. I speak blessing over this church house. I speak blessing over Pastor Paul and his wife. Bless them, anoint them, refresh them. May you privilege them, the, the pastor, the greatest revival that this part of New England has ever, ever known before. I pray for a strong move of your spirit, and I give you all the thanks for today in Jesus' name. And everybody said one more time, come on. Amen. Hey, listen, we'll sing this song. If you need prayer for healing, deliverance, whatever, we'll pray with you. We're not, but once they start singing, all to open, you'll be dismissed. Have a blessed Father's Day in Jesus' name. Could somebody say amen one more time? Come on. So as we sing, you need prayer, altars are open. Otherwise, love people, high five people, and enjoy your afternoon today in Jesus' name.